Uh, I get a little pop-up to support network connection. Yeah, I think it's the Russians. Mm-hmm. They're uh, under cyber sorry. attack. They're against this podcast. Oh. We'll just will not stand, sir. All right. Chance of Gaming Podcast, episode 31. With me always is Roy, and Johnny Come Lately has come crawling back, and here he is. <laughs> Wait, I thought this was episode 30. I've only done 29 episodes. Uh-huh. <laughs> Did you guys record without me? Uh, maybe. Maybe it's not. Probably, uh-huh. probably the last show was so highly rated. I know. Uh, was it Mitchell Land said it was the greatest thing he had ever heard. That's all I know. <laughs> That was just incredible. Well, you can blame him for the reason that I wasn't on the podcast, so I was with him at the time. What was he doing? Uh, We were at a con. We were at a a con here in St. Louis playing some games and drinking some alcohol. It's good stuff. Sounds good. Yeah. What was the name of the con? It was a very innovative name, I thought. (laughs) So it depends on who you ask. It's either called Donkey Con or Swole Con. Donkey Con. Donkey Con is the official name. Swole Con? Swole Con, yes. That's the uh that's an offshoot of Donkey Con, so faction? Yes, exactly. Yeah, there was a little there was a little two by two table set up in the corner with a sign over that said Squall Con, so a schism? Yeah. Okay. That happens. Happens a lot, you know. People get yeah the I don't hear anybody. Well, we sort of hear you. It's all right. All right. <laughs> we make it work. Okay. It's cool. I don't. I don't talk that much anyway. I'll just kind of. I'll, I'll roll right along with everybody. Yeah. So we're having audio issues tonight, but I think what we're going to do is record it twice and then put the two together, and we'll have one full show. Yeah. I'm going to blame Vladimir Putin. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's. I tell you, it's because we chose a red dragon for the giveaway. Mm-hmm. That's that's the reason the Russians are mad at us. We could do a remix after this. We'll put in some, you know, some dubstep and shit. <laughs> anyway, uh, you did mention, yes, that we, we have a sponsor, and that's um, AlteredDementia.com. And we have this fancy discount code where you can save 20%. It's COG2019. You can, uh, it'll be linked in the show notes for this. You can just kind of go and uh, look and see what you want. And uh, he's going to have a contest this, for this big honking 3D printed dragon. The files come from uh, Fat Dragon Games. And he's about a foot long, head to tail, about a 9, 10-inch w- uh, wingspan. And he could be yours for free. And all you got to do is just listen to our trivia question at the end of the show and go to alterdementia.com and enter there. And we're going to draw beginning of june so yeah that's that's coming up so you know hey not that many folks have entered it, you have a really good chance of winning this dragon especially if you enter a lot of times under different aliases <laughs> I, I hear that works so check it out so rich t- tell us about this con surely you played some stuff there 
Absolutely. I played a lot of stuff there. So it's uh it's it's a pretty small con. It's not a con in the, the normal sense of the word. Mostly it's just a group of people getting together and drinking and playing games together. But it's mostly big games. So these are um f- for example, we had one group of guys that uh was playing uh Atlantic Wall, which is takes up about I want to say about five or six tables. Um, they started playing it. Actually, they started playing it before they came to the con on Vassal, set it up late Tuesday night and played all the way through the weekend. And it was amazing. It looked like a lot of fun, but it's all big, big games. Um, the game that I played that was the, the biggest game, I would say, was uh, Austerlitz 1805. It's a Hexasim game. Um, and by Donkey Kong standards, this wasn't a huge game, but it takes about... Uh, eight to ten hours to play. So, and we played it twice actually, because um, we're still learning the rules. So we played it one day and then came back and played it another day as well. It was a fun game. Um, I liked, uh, I liked some of the things about it, but there were other things that I did not like about it. The line of sight rules were really strange in the game, and we never quite wrapped our eyes or our minds around them. Um, there was all these little ridges on the battlefield, and we couldn't decide if if someone had line of sight or not. And I thought the artillery in that game was really underpowered. It just felt really strange to me um, that the biggest guns in the game were not devastating at all. You know, a lot of times the best chance you could do with an artillery uh, barrage, even at point blank, is just to sort of get a, a quality check or a morale check, something like that. So it was a fun game. Uh, both times we played Napoleon won. So, you know, historical accuracy is right there. Uh, but it was fun. And then looking at the uh, the artwork of it, it leaves a little bit to be desired. But, you know, I, I'm assuming yeah, it, the it map was on. it was a little faded, but it looked nice. It kind of remind me of the map and like the map and battle him a lot better. So it was a fun game, though. OK. And then I got to play a game of Maria, which is something I've been wanting to play a while. Um, Maria is a three player game of the War of Austrian Secession, and it's. All right there, that's the interesting part, is that it's a three-player game. There aren't many of those out there. Maria and Churchill are really the only couple that I can think of. Um, but it's got an interesting mechanic where you use more or less a regular deck of cards. It's not exactly that, because it is um, it is a deck of cards made for the game, but you have suits and you have numbers. I think they just go from 2 to 10, and then there's one kind of wild card in there as well. Um, but you use those to fight your battles, and... The the whole map is divided up into sections, and every little piece of the grid has either clubs or hearts or spades or diamonds. And when you fight a battle, you have to play the cards that you have from that sector. And if you're fighting right on the edge of the sector, sector, then you might have the attacker playing one suit and the defender playing the other. And it does matter like how big your armies are and everything as well. It's not like it's entirely card-driven. Um, but if you come in with bigger armies, basically you start off um, with with an advantage and the other person has to start playing cards just to, just to match you. Um, another interesting thing that I like about the game is the armies are all uh, secret. They're written down on your piece of paper that every player has so you can see the other guy's armies moving around the board but unless you just fought him you don't know how many armies are in that stack so you just see a stack moving and it's not until combat starts that you find out how big his army actually is uh it was a fun game 
because it's a three-player game, one of the players has to sort of play two different sides, which sounds like a bad mechanic when I first heard it, but it really doesn't work that way at all. It's, it's a good mechanic where one player plays the pragmatic army that fights against the French, and then he also plays the Prussian army that fights against the, uh, the Austrians. So uh, I think the only thing I didn't like about that game was that if you lose a battle, you lose, um, well, the, you lose a percentage of a number of your armies based on how how many you weren't able to catch up with that card play mechanic. But the attacker suffers no losses at all. So I didn't really like that very much. But other than that, it's a good game, and I'm, I'm looking forward to playing it again. Now, I will say that was a really, really popular game, um, gosh, like five, six years ago. It went out of print and got really expensive. I'm noticing now that there's a second edition for it. A lot of war gamers really dig this. And it's actually made by Rio Grande Games, which I don't think of them of, of you know, I don't think of them as a war game company at all. Right. Right. You know, but uh, war gamers really, really dig this. Um, the designer, I've never heard of Richard Seville or Seville, ever how you say it. You know me. Richard's back. I can't pronounce anything. I was pronouncing it all correctly in the last Yeah, I'm thing. sure. <laughs> now, um, he also did, uh, looking at Board Game Geek, not just pulling this out of my ass, he actually did Friedrich, which is also a, a, another popular right. one among uh, war gamers. And, yeah, and uh, I, I haven't played Friedrich, but in the Maria box, there's cards that say, like, oh, this mechanic is different from Friedrich in this way. So I think they're very similar games. But, he also uh, uh, did das Volk, which is a, a pretty interesting game of Germany between the end of World War II and the end of the Cold War. Uh, okay, Volk means wills it, right? I think. I think it means people. Okay. I know Deus Volt is God wills it. So, I don't know. Sorry, you don't, <laughs> this come, is, you don't come here for Latin. Uh, this is the here. part. This is the, well, it's German. Oh yeah, yeah. This is part of the podcast where we discuss languages that we don't yes. speak. So, <laughs> you know, so yeah, that was really Maria. Yeah. And then I also played a really old game. Adam, you might know this one. Have you ever played Gunslinger? No, I have not heard of that one. And this is an old, old, old game. Um, this is like from the you know the glory days of uh, Avalon Hill back in the seventies, probably. Um, and it's hard- Okay, I would have guessed even older than that, but someone had a copy of it and we played it. Um, it's out of print now, so you know you can't get it. But this game was so much fun. I'm surprised that someone doesn't pick this up and, and print it. Um, there are different scenarios that you can play, and there's even like a sort of role-playing game piece of it where you can you know pick your certain skills and weapons and and go through all these different missions and everything we were just learning to play and we played a very basic mission where it was the four of us bag of money in the middle your goal is just to get out with the money and kill everyone else but there's different actions that you can play like you know i want to get down and crawl i want to shoot i want to aim i want to cock my gun stuff like that and it was just so much fun i mean when it's four players and everyone is against each other you know, the first thing you want to do is figure, do I want to move? Do I want to shoot this guy? Do I want to try to dodge? Um, it's just the story element is was just amazing. We ended up, one guy 
who I had already shot, jumped on me, tried to knock me out. He hit me, but I killed him as he was jumping on me. Other two guys kind of squared off and kept shooting each other. I ended up limping out with a bag of money with like a broken leg. And the other two, one killed the other and the other one bled out and died at the end of the game. So uh, it's it was such a fun game. I'd love to play it again and I'd love to play it in some of the more in-depth, like I said, RPG type elements. Uh, but it's called Gunslinger, and it was it was a lot of fun. And that was not a big game at all. That one played in about an hour or so. Okay, so speaking of Latin and Gunslinger, could can you did you do the whole thing from Tombstone? All right, so I have not actually seen Tombstone. <laughs> oh my god! Get off my get off my podcast! What is this, Roy? You're still good, right? You've seen Tombstone, yeah? That that's the one where they uh, say I'll be your Huckleberry, right? Yes. Okay, you, so I know you, that much at least. Have you seen it, Roy? I, I confess that I, I have not seen it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. How do you associate it with us? All right. So God brought you here to this podcast so I could teach you about <laughs> Tombstone. This is the whole reason why you're here. Okay. All right. Golly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Speaking of like the wow. – w- this reminds me um, – but. We interviewed a guy, I interviewed a guy recently, and we're looking to interview another one. And, you know, everybody's, like, really interested, like, well, what's it like, you know, to to be, you know, you do your interview? And I'm like, look, man, we, it is entirely possible that in the middle of the interview, suddenly we get off on a tangent about Polly Shore movies for 45 minutes. It, it happens. It's okay. It's, I can't tell you just how relaxed and everything it is, you know, it's just, we just, it's all stream of consciousness, you know. I'm like, oh, just listen to Come on, to man. We are consummate professionals. <laughs> Every one of us. But, okay, anyway. Yeah, I could do a whole podcast about Tombstone. Maybe I will. And um, on how great it is. Because, you know, yeah. My... See, what we what we should do, what we should do is do a, um, like a Twitch stream or something where we all sit down and we watch it live and, and comment on it, you know. Yeah, I'm know. up for that. I'll think, as long as you're not one of those guys that says like, "Hey, you got to watch this part. You got to watch this part." I hate it when someone's already seen a movie and they do that. Oh yeah. Well, see what it, what will happen is I'll be anxiously watching you for the really cool part that's happening, and you're, you're <laughs> yeah. down there, you're looking at your phone. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> it's one of my so, favorite movies. I also played a BCS game called Baptism by Fire. Um, so. Um, MMP has a series of games. They have OCS, OCS, which is Operational Combat Series, SCS, which is Standard Combat Series, and they they have a new series, relatively new in the last year, I think, called BCS, the Battalion Combat Series. And I think this is the first BCS game. It's called Baptism by Fire, uh, the Battle of Kasserine Pass. Um, it's a North Africa World War II game. It was a lot of fun. I liked it a lot. Um, I've played SCS. I have not played OCS. Um, but the rules are, are similar between SCS and BCS, um, just a slightly different scale. What re- I really thought was interesting was it was pretty low counter density. Um, you had a big map and not a whole lot of units, uh, but you had interesting decisions. Uh, the scenario we played, basically the, the Germans were behind, led by Rommel, were trying to get just from one side of the map to the other, but there was a huge mountain range with only two or three passes that they could fit through. So the Americans were underpowered, but trying to defend those passes. And then once the the Germans broke through, they really advanced out into the open where there was no cover or anything like that. 
and the Americans could use some some rivers as extra defenses. But it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, BCS is definitely a, a, a game that I would a system that I would like to play again. So now, it's called it Baptism the, by Fire. Now, is it the BCS like the bowl system for college football or something? It is, but I think it can mean more than one thing. Mm, I don't know. Man, if you say I'm so. surprised I haven't been sued yet, actually, because <laughs> NCAA is pretty nasty about stuff like that. So, yeah, they might have to name it pretty, rename it pretty soon. It would be called the 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 NBCS, the not not BCS. <laughs> and then, so last time I talked about Arden 44. I said I was getting ready to start a, a full campaign game, and we played a couple Thursdays ago at this point. Um, we played it, our first game of that. We played about a turn and a half. Uh, we're playing a two versus two where, where one person has taken half the Germans. The other one's taken the other half. I'm taking the Americans and the other players taken, I think, some Americans and also the British. Uh, but a turn and a half into the game as the Americans, there's not much to do except get your face stomped in. Uh, so that's what I've been doing so far. I'm just re- waiting for my reinforcements to come. But this is another one where I've played this series before. I've played Holland 44. Uh, this is Arden 44. And then we're talking about next month for D-Day playing uh, Normandy 44. So it's it's the same basic system, and I like it. It's a it's a Mark Simonich game. Okay. And then so we went to this uh, we went to this big huge wargaming con weekend where everyone was playing big huge games everyone was super into war games and historical accuracy and everything else and what game do you think got played more than any other game um uh, loop and louie no not loop and louie the answer is root i'll bet the game of root got played almost 10 times that weekend everyone is having so much fun with it um honestly that game it's it's so much fun and it's it's so it's do you remember the old game a fellow where they used to say like a minute to learn a lifetime to master that's how i'm starting to feel about about root because you can jump into it so easily but the more you play it the more complex it gets and i'm just i'm really falling in love with that game and i think i'm just going to start taking it everywhere with me and we finish up a game early and we have some time to kill break out root so yeah i'm i'm dying to play it um we... Well, I'm going to bring it with me, and I've got the first expansion already, uh, so I'll bring it with me to Dice Tower Con. I, uh... so what does, it, does it play uh, more than four? No, it does not. It's just a four up to okay. four. Okay. Yeah, yeah, oh, well, yeah I'm looking forward s- to that. Sure. Isn't there an expansion? But I think so that, the, I guess... there's Go one ahead. that's already out, and there's another one that's been kickstarted. It obviously met its goal. Um, but it's just the Kickstarter just ended a couple weeks ago, so it's it's not shipping anytime soon. I get. I guess I'm going to ask them uh, if they will uh, give us a copy to give away. Uh, I mean, we don't hurt to ask. I, I know it never hurt. It's like the and I do. I feel bad about it because you know it's like well maybe they think I'm just trying to get a free copy or you know whatever. But no, it, it's not that. It's you know, I don't even want to review copy or anything. I just want to just be able to give it away with this. And we've gotten a little bit of uh, stuff to give away for this. But, uh, yeah, what I really hate is, like, you know, when you just don't get um, a, a, 
and email back. It's like, come on, just <laughs> just email me back and tell me no. You know, I'm I'm a big boy. You know, we can understand. It's no harm, no foul. Do you think I'm gonna go on the show and be like, oh my gosh, you know, Joe's uh, game company wouldn't give me something free. They're terrible. Don't do that about uh, James Stegmaier's yeah. company. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let let's let's just get started with that. You know, it's like you know what I think about. Wing- Look, I'm dying to play Wingspan. Be- it to, for it to be to make people want to fight other people. I'm just I, I want to see what the big deal is. I I am absolutely dying to know. It, it apparently it is the greatest. Um, game ever because people want to fight over it so well it certainly nice. looks nice i'm looking forward to playing it in july yeah all right do you sorry. know they have a copy of it or are you looking to no but i figure at dice tower con someone will have it out to play yeah yeah it, it'll get stolen it'll be a whole thing <laughs> you know watch that happen and then they'll pull up this podcast and go where was adam when that happened <laughs> No, it was just a bit. It was just a bit. Oh, I was with Steve Jackson the whole time. Yes. Yeah. He'll vouch for me. <laughs> no, he won't. Uh, yeah, I should hit him up for something to see if that way, you know. <laughs> it would. It would be funny. Especially, like, if he if he's heard, like, you guys talk about me a lot. You say, I, you know, I shouldn't be kickstarting. <laughs> I'll definitely You're gonna hit up. You're going to up with an envelope full of documents. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I tell you what. Better I'm give us the one, buddy. I will definitely hit up Cool Mini or not because it seems like they have a lot of extra stuff to give away and they're a big giant company who probably doesn't listen to the show. That would be my guess. Hey, there was a thing that I heard about Cool Mini that uh, somebody bought a copy of Zombicide and opened it up. (laughs) And there was a shank inside of it. It was like a razor blade (laughs) that was duct taped up. And it was just, it was just in the game. And, uh, so apparently the uh, the the worker that was putting the game together left his little uh, tool in the in the box, <laughs> and so wow. he uh, the the guy that bought the game like he didn't stick himself with it, but it was kind of a close thing. So he he got in touch with Cool Mini or not, and uh, they sent him a bunch of swag and everything as, as uh, please don't sue us sort of gift. Yeah. The, yeah, the poor box cutter guy got fired, you know, but, you know, <laughs> you, you left your stupid tool in there. But, yeah. Anyway, so uh, was that all you played, Richard? Well, I played some other things, but, you know, that's I all that counted. The whole show. I wanted to that... take out some place tell you about some of my favorite games. I did uh, did get to watch some other games. I, I, I played a lock and load tactical game. Um, which I thought was interesting. I sort of sat in on an ATS game, which that was really interesting because it was funny how much ATS tries to pretend that it's not ASL. So, like, there's one major difference between ATS and ASL, and that's basically you move one unit or one stack at a time instead of one side going and then the other side going. But there's so many things like defensive fire and... uh, the ATS just renames everything, but does the same stuff as ASL. So I thought that was pretty funny, but I didn't actually play that one. I just sat in on it. It is, you know, interesting. And like I said, one of my ideas for uh, Dice Tower Con would be um, to do, like, spend one day, you know, all, out of all the ones I have, which I mean, I pretty, of the uh, 
ASL type games. I think I own everything but ATS would be, you know, we, we do it all in a day and then compare and contrast, you know, that would be fascinating. I played, uh, so one other game that I did play was Panzer. Um, we just played the basic, we didn't get into the advanced rules yet, but looking at the Panzer advanced rules, it kind of feels like it's another, you know, in the direction of ASL. So yeah, it would be interesting to compare all, all of those. So I agree. Yeah, because I mean that's that's one that I have. I have that. I have like a, the lock and load. Um, golly, I have the um, Panzer Grenadier. The the one that um, Avalon. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I I have a ton of them. So there you go. And well, uh, it looks really nice. I'll give it that. I didn't enjoy it nearly as much as ASL, but it sure looks good. Their counters and maps and stuff are utterly fantastic. I'm a little turned off by their cover art. Yeah, I didn't that's see that. That's about it. You know, it just looks a little cartoony or something. But That's you know. true. Anyway, so, uh, Roy, you've been playing Legion? Yes, I have. I had my first game of Legion and uh, played Rebel. And we played the corner-to-corner um, uh, -corner deployment and occupy your opponent's uh, DZ. And, uh, well, I lost. But I had a moral victory. And then I took down Vader. So um, that was good enough for me. So uh, looking forward to more games of that. Uh, looking forward to getting some more terrain made. And um, I'm getting ready to have fun. I learned quite a bit. I need to pay attention to all the little cards I have. I need to add some more blocking terrain. And uh, I need to keep on painting models. What kind of list did you bring? So I have uh, I have Wookies. I took the snipers or the sniper, I guess. I, I gave up on the rest of the uh, of the uh, not the pathfinders. What's the the, the, uh, the commandos? I guess. Yeah, commandos. Yeah. So I have a had a, a sniper strike team, and I left off the you know kind of the the squad of commandos. Uh, the Wookies did pretty well. I had uh, then just I had three squads of troopers in the ACR. So essentially it was the core set with the addition of Chewbacca, Solo, Wookiees, and the Snipers. Okay, cool. I haven't played Solo and Chewbacca together yet, but I like the way they their cards interact. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I need to pay attention to the cards and kind of think about where I want to, to deploy. Uh, which that that corner to corner deployment that's a big chunk of the of the area that you can deploy in, and so if you get in the right corner, you can be almost in the center of the map when you uh, are ready to go. Right, right. And and uh, so yeah, I don't know. It's there's there's plenty to to learn and get better at. But I had uh, so. Vader has the uh, the Master of Evil, which gives everything within range two a suppression tokens, like three suppression tokens. I know, I hate and, that. Yeah. I had uh, one squad of troopers that was right near the edge of the map, and they failed their morale roll, and they just boned out. So. <laughs> I've never had anyone panic off the board yet, but yeah, that's 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 a danger. It's It can happen. Yeah. So And I had... 
two other squads were um, in flight but hadn't quite reached off the board yet. So there was a, there was a random chance that they could have stayed on. But uh, I think I I was down to like one or two troopers, and even if they had stayed on the board, they would have got smeared anyway. Yeah. So I have I picked up a second ATRC, and I've heard people talk about running them naked, um, just as like the close combat. Yeah, uh, I, I have never run them naked, but I've had that done against me before, and nah, I like I like the, the cannon on it. I like the rotary blaster. Um, mm-hmm. It's just I, uh, I I think uh, I know it's I know it's, it's like points that you may want to spend somewhere else. Well, as far as the have stuff, something you can just, the points for the gun. You're yeah, and I could allocate somewhere else. Yeah. No, no, I'm saying that, that that would be the only reason I would ever take the rotary blaster off is you know you may need the points to do something else. But the OTRT's mm-hmm. naked. I'm just I'm not that big a fan of. They're okay, but they're not they're not great. So I had a squad of death troopers that was real close to my ATRT, and I had equipped uh, the flamethrower because there were yeah, no that's... like there's the the laser cannon, yeah, that's it. Most kind of a anti-armor, right? And it was all infantry, aside from the bike. Uh, and so, yeah, the flamethrower, and I thought I could reach him, and I could only I could get one in my arc. Oh, that so, stinks. Yeah. yeah, the laser cannon that I think we're going to start seeing more Imperial tanks out now, but no okay. one really plays the uh, the ATK, so. I think that's the reason you never see the heavy laser cannon. But like I said, I think we'll see more tanks, and it might be more useful. With the ATSP? Well, uh, just any sort of impact, like the heavy laser cannon or whatever. Mm -hmm. Maybe Mm -hmm. even the ion weapon, for the ion trooper, although I don't think we'll see him anytime soon, but who knows? That tank does look cool. Oh, yeah. The tank, it looks cool. Are you there? All right. Yes, we are here. I heard Richard okay. was eating. He couldn't talk. No, that's not me. Oh. Was it me? You think there's somebody <laughs> else on the line? Vladimir, we're hearing you. Yeah. <laughs> Just speak up, dude. But yeah, what do you? What did you play this week, Russian spy? <laughs> well, there's this. Yeah. I'm, I guarantee you they played an Eastern Front game, I bet. Well, maybe a late Eastern Front, not an early one. <laughs> and so, um, yeah. Anyway, moving on. I from Star Wars Legion. I played a game called uh, Dungeon Crawl Classic, which is, this would have been my the second session that I played with Mike Sheridan from UltraDimension.com, um, where I want to point out that if you listen to our trivia questions coming up later, you can win a cool drag. Uh, but anyway, I played uh, Dungeon Crawl Classics at his house, which is kind of an old-school Renaissance sort of um, RPG. I'm going to put air quotes around RPG. It's really, it really is a dungeon crawl. So it's kind of a throwback to those days of being 12 years old and huddled in friend's bedroom, rolling little dice and moving little men around. Um, so, so you were playing yeah, Battletech. Okay. I've been enjoying that. Yeah, well, I've played Battletech, too. But so Dungeon Crawl Classics is from Goodman Games, uh, and it's uh, there's a whole series of uh, modules that they have, and they're super short. Uh, he, the, Mike was saying, you know, these Pathfinder modules are like 30 pages long. This one's four. 
you know, it's, it's, it's very bare bones and it's got the old school artwork and everything. So that's really what I, all I've been playing here lately. You know, I'm reminded of, um, I saw another game that popped up on Twitter recently that somebody was playing that was another old school throwback and I freaking cannot remember what it was. It just, it looked really cool. But, um, yeah, I mean, there's, apparently there's a bunch of those that are out there that throws back to, you know, you know I, thought about... I was just gonna say like, you know, D and D or Pathfinder, whatever is too complicated or, or different. And yeah, it's, yeah. Mm-hmm. So they throw back to these different, um, old school type stuff where you can die and it's gritty and you know, whatever, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway. So I have the, uh, the basic rule book, like one that I got when I was 12 in the box of dice that you fill in. And I thought about that. It'd be kind of fun to, to, uh, spark that up with my regular game group that we role play every now and then, you know, throwback kinds of, uh, yeah i thought about grabbing something like this for you know a one shot where your normal rpg group maybe two people don't show up that night or whatever and you just want to do something so i thought about grabbing something like this for that you know Mm -hmm. um i was reminded recently that they did a re-release of that red box uh for the gary gygax foundation or something and um because my friend was lamenting that um he did, he hates that he did not pick it up because um it was for whatever reason and now they're desirable and apparently worth a lot of money. Oh, uh the RPG I saw a guy playing is called Swords oh, yeah? and Wizardry. Swords and Wizardry. Alright, you get knocked <laughs> out on it. Swords and Wizardry. Maybe that works. I don't know, I'd never heard of that, but it looks, you know, charty and grim and gritty and stuff. So, which uh, which module did you play, Roy? Uh, in Dungeon Crawl Classics? Yeah. Or, oh, it was, uh, there was a bridge. And there a ghost. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't know what it was. I think that one's called The Ghosts of the Bridge. No, I don't sure. know. <laughs> the go, the go, yeah. I actually have a decent amount of that stuff, including um, the actual rule book for um, Dungeon Crawl Classics you could easily murder someone with. It's about the size of a dictionary or, for you older folks out there, the size of a major major metropolitan phone book. It's, it's about that thick, and it's not necessarily rules-heavy. It just has a lot of, you know stuff in it for you to do and you know so anyway uh and the uh the modules and stuff are always like really neat to me and i picked up um a store was having uh like black friday or something a couple years ago and they had like all their uh they had this pile of stuff that was like uh 80 off and there was a what was called a treasure chest of Dungeon Crawl Classics modules, it had like 25 of them in there, and I think I picked it up for like eight bucks. So I bought it just to read, but uh, yeah, it's really cool. I'll try to take some pictures and send them to you, Roy, to see if any of them are interesting. I know some of them are the ones that people talk about being really fun and and whatnot. I've looked those up, but anyway. So. 
And uh, okay. what I saw on Twitter was from Frog God Games, Swords and Wizardry. So don't know if that's any good. Oh, another one in that type of vein I saw at um, Gen Con a couple of years ago, and I actually picked it up, called Torchbearer. Have you ever heard of that, based off the Burning Wheels system? Yes, yeah. Uh, it's basically a kind of... Um, uh, it's it's a role playing um, dungeon crawl. I I think it's more more heavy on theater of the mind than miniatures, but I could be wrong. You know, you could be yelling at your, you know, your iPhone or whatever right now. And anyway, one of the key mechanics I thought were neat is like while you're down there exploring, you have to like keep up, you know, on with your torches so you can see. It's not just like a given, like, you know, I cast, you know, lightning, you know, light, whatever. I cast GE so I can see, you know, uh, it's a mechanic of it. And so I thought that was really neat. So um, I guess that's all Roy has played and we move on to what's on your radar. Because I never got around to playing anything. I did jump around with trying to get uh, stuff done on Twitch today. You know, I, I really want to do the whole last week tonight thing with tabletop games. And you said, tell me, uh, Richard, about this this uh, other... No enemies here? Yes, tell me tell me about that. What, what He's what got a YouTube that? channel. He's great. I mean, basically, he just he uh, sort of reviews all the other um, wargaming podcasts and YouTube channels and stuff like that and basically says what they're covering. So it's fascinating. I mean, he's he does a good job. He... he publishes his issues on saturdays i don't i can't remember if it's every saturday or not but yeah i'll watch it and say oh that that sounds cool i want to listen to that podcast or i want to look at that youtube show or whatever so yeah no enemies here highly recommended and he puts links to everything on his youtube page so you know if there's something you want to see what they were talking about you just click on the link and you're there wait so you're saying like he like goes on and like reviews just chant like just channels and stuff like okay this guy unboxed like joel toppin unboxed you know yes this this box that, of frosted flakes that's yeah. what he does he'll say like you know this this show did this unboxing and this show reviewed this game and this show talked about this mechanic yep that's what he does is he funny <laughs> i'm guessing no um i guess uh, you know he's he, saying about that <laughs> yeah I, he's now so, he's going to review this. Richard Shapir said I was not funny. And he takes a humorous <laughs> approach to it. Whether you find him funny, I will leave that to your personal discretion. So, all right. So, but I he mean, does a good job. It's a good show. It's possible, and I could steal that idea. But yeah, okay, we'll see. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, and the other thing is, I because this is kind of like what I do for a living. I kind of looked around. The one thing is like okay. To do what I want to do, like, hey, I wanted to do a live, a portable live stream out to Twitch, you know, for like the con, like you just walk around and it's live. And I work in that industry, so it's like, oh yeah, that's easy to do. Let me see how much this equipment I use every day at work actually costs for the consumer. Oh my God, no, okay, can't do that. <laughs> so, um, so let me see if there's a cheaper option. And so I've actually been working on a thing to do it, and it should reach fruition in this week if it works. I think I can get it. I think I could get it to work. 
you know, I'm like Chewie on the Falcon up there, you know, being yelled at and stuff. And yeah, so banging with the spanner. Right. It, yeah, it is. So hopefully that'll work. And uh, yeah, keep getting in puppets and I'm going to have a lot of fun there to annoy people. Yeah, I'm going to have a root puppet for sure. <laughs> I, I, I ordered wait. I ordered a uh, raccoon hand, uh, glove puppet and I'm going to like dress him up like the um, the, Vagabond. the Vagabond. Yeah, the Vagabond faction and just an- annoy my opponents with it cuz i actually have a scheduled game of root with uh some people there nice so. is your puppy going to have a crossbow uh yes if i can find one oh <laughs> yeah wait wait oh my god have y'all seen the toothpick crossbow yeah yeah i've seen that yes, that's what i'll do i'll give him that and put somebody's eye out and probably get thrown out assault charges get your eye out yeah, uh, it'll give us something to discuss on the podcast. It would, yeah. So is Adam out yet? No, he <laughs> he never made bail. Um, so the first thing I have on what's on your radar because this popped up on a Facebook ad. So companies, if you're listening, ha <laughs> um, those actually pay. They got me to click on it. It's called. Damn it! You're waiting on me to mess this up. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Eschaton. I'd go with Eschaton. Eschaton, yeah, Yeah. okay. And this is, it sounded really, really neat, and I thought the components and the the art style looks really cool. Uh, What I actually saw was, I believe, for a reprint or a, I think it was just a reprint of it, not an expansion. Anyway, this is a uh, board game based around, like, the end of the world, and you are a... um, leader of a cult and you're trying to be the most favored cult in the final days before armageddon so like because the family game with some, like some colorful meeples probably <laughs> i guess uh, the dark one will favor only a single <laughs> unholy mass to be his chosen in the vastness of eternity following the cataclysm the others will be obliterated by his depraved will through bloodshed on the field of battle divination of the unholiest arcana and initiation of powerful cultists, you will build your cult and earn your rightful place. So, okay, it so like uh, a great game to introduce the youth group. Yeah, STO uh, Gamers, our monthly gaming day, we play at my church. I don't think right. I'm gonna bring this one. That, you could. It just <laughs> I think, depends if they were I think it might actually start a fire. <laughs> you catches put on, on the pancake makeup and the black lipstick and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Richard's That's gone over the edge. This I'll, is, uh, I'll stay away from this one. <laughs> it's done by Archon Games, and yeah, they just do it. Uh, there is an expansion for it called Signals of Ruin, and they have another game that apparently is coming out called Nexus Infernum, which is where you're a power-hungry uh, necromancer seeking to become the most blasphemous in the realm. I think I see a trend here. I think they saw this game at Hot Topic. It could be. You think like, uh, I mean, this guy could, the designer could be into like Norwegian death metal or something. It's it's possible. I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm just saying. That's just... Anyway, I caught my attention and I thought it was cool. I marked it on my want to play list on that. So, um. Yeah, the looks kind of neat. I like yeah. the pillow up there. Absolutely. Uh, 
the next thing I've got comes from BadSquidoGames.com. It's somebody that I've never really paid attention to what they sell, but they run in a pretty amusing Twitter feed, so I like to follow along. And Anyway, they linked this crazy thing that will be linked in the show notes. Uh, it is Lance, the Cappy Cannon, and essentially <laughs> is what it is. It's a capybara armored up a little bit with a big laser cannon on his back with a what appears to be a spotter guinea pig on top of it. So, you know, it just has a lot of um, character. Yes, whimsy? it has a lot of character. Yes, and whimsy, I would see. Uh, you can also detach the gun, and you uh, you could one of your NPCs can ride Lance, or it could be a pet. And, uh, see, gentle creatures by nature, the few surviving giant capybara are led into fighting... By the gunny pigs. P-E-E-G. Okay, that's what the guy on top is. So he's like a gunnery sergeant. Adam, so, I'm so yeah. glad that you find these things for us because you have now given me yet another Twitter avatar. I know, it's it's great. And yeah, just be yeah, be sure you tweet at them, you know, <laughs> on, uh, on Twitter because they're pretty active. Um, so I don't know, apologies, um, you know, no show prep and whatnot. Uh, I don't know if this is actually a tabletop game that it was is because you know kind of be like well i might kind of want to play that uh or uh yeah or they were just like you know what let's just make make something Let, what you know hey jimmy um did, did you make something yeah i did a an armored capybara with a laser cannon you know what uh, I, do? I think you just uh next time you're playing like a world war ii miniatures game instead of putting on an anti-tank gun you just put this guy in the field and see if anyone says anything Absolutely, and just be like, "What?" Yeah, because yeah, apparently, Bad Squido actually makes World War II figures as well. So yeah, yeah. twenty millimeter, Drop. it'll fit right in there. Absolutely. Oh yeah, and if you actually look on the um, their animals things, there is the there's the bunny copter, the bunny heavy support, the bunny fast attack, the pig heavy support, and uh, yeah, they have mimics and a whole lot of odd stuff on there. You can see this in the show notes. They also have cats. The cats look okay. So, anyway. Uh, moving on. Chance of Gaming keeping you in um, Twitter avatars in 2019. Uh, the next thing we had is a Kickstarter called One Child's Heart. And I saw it get into a... Uh, saw some people get into a Twitter kerfluffle over this and definitely what i think with this thing is they pretty much can gamify anything nowadays and what this is this is a um there are pivotal moments in every child's life who shape who they become one child's heart is a tabletop role-playing game that invites players to take the role of a child welfare professional participating in a new mental health care memory exploration experiment this allows you to bring characters and memories at the key moments to give support and guidance to a child who needs both it says this is not a game about trauma or an invitation to tragedy tourism one child's heart is intended to be an empathy building experience with the message of hope and human connection it's a game where the character's only goal is to support and love an imaginary child who is struggling with their apparently imaginary life circumstances. So, there you go. You can gamify anything, ladies and gentlemen. 
and uh, this is it. I don't know why it reminds me, but it, it brings to to mind at least that game we talked about a few months ago, where you're basically playing uh, caregivers for a guy that's going to die in two days or something like that. Oh, oh yeah, from Gary Hawthorne. Yeah. yeah, our close personal friend Jerry Hawthorne. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so, so it's. Uh, I'm sure it's interesting. And my, you know, my daughter is actually going to school to be uh, either a psychologist or a music therapist, but she she definitely wants to go into counseling and therapy and to to see what she thinks about this. I can see where I can see where people like the idea because it's certainly interesting and it's it's not another Eastern Front game. Um, but I can also see why people get upset that you can ro- roll a bad die and do permanent damage to a child's psyche. <laughs> yeah, they have. That was one of the things people discussed where it, there's an actual like um, a breaking point yeah. or, or something or something in it. And uh, like where you really, really screw up, I guess, when you roll a one, you know, um, so. Yeah, the people were kind of upset about that, and people were also upset about um, the law enforcement character was considered a good guy, and not everybody agrees with that in yeah. this particular and they situation. Are, they hate the clergy character too, but I mean, some people have an axe to grind. Uh, you, uh, I will say this game is very successful at the moment. Or oh yeah, okay. By the time you hear this, it'll be over. Uh, it's, it's got it's got 24 hours left at the time we're recording this. They wanted 3,500 dollars at this point. They've made almost 14 grand. So, you know, it apparently people were interested in this. You can get the PDF for 12 bucks. You can get the print for 22, and then the 35 option allows you print dice and tokens and stuff. So, you know, and it, it'll ship February 2020. So yeah, to me, I'm just amazed that this this came up. You can really gamify anything, which really makes me want to like you know try to think of something like uh, I've mentioned before about doing an an actual play podcast all about getting a group together to actually play D and D. So each episode would be people's excuses on why they couldn't get together to play it. You know? <laughs> so. Anyway, uh, I could do something about yeah, work, working in television or something. What, you know, what what is the most like mind-numbing, boring thing you can think of, and how can you gamify that? You know, like watching paint dry or something. You know, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> so moving on, the um, next thing that we had as I click on the wrong thing, uh, I again gamify different things and i thought this was interesting this is hunt saboteur a tabletop game of fox hunters and saboteurs and uh it's a pretty cheap game uh these guys came on here and they it's from tally ho games of course and they only wanted seven uh, and they have two weeks left to go at this point and they have 782 bucks isn't that essential- a target price it's what? It seems like a weird goal. Six hundred and sixty-eight dollars. It's like it's in, we want. It's in Luna. Oh yeah, it's, it's it's Canadian. That's why. Oh, so we'll, we'll get Roy to pick ours up. So yeah, the convert the Canadian cost they wanted a thousand fifty-four dollars and twenty-nine cents. No, no, sorry, sorry. That's where they're at now. Their original their goal was nine hundred dollars Canadian. 
That's why it ends up weird. It's just six hundred and sixty-eight dollars, which is like the devil plus two dollars. So I don't know. So I'm not I'm not that big a fan of fox hunting. But what is a saboteur? I always thought of a saboteur as someone that blows stuff up. Well, you you're uh, essentially like an activist, so you're against <laughs> okay. the fox hunters, you know. Uh, so you've got like the hunt master, the huntsman, and then you have the um, the saboteurs who are trying with like traps and stuff to mess up the hunters. So is this a real so, thing? Did, this did is people a, try to sabotage fox hunts? I would guess, yeah. Uh, I'm huh. assuming that's like a British. Seems thing. like a good way to end up <laughs> to end up on the end of a rope. I mean, fox hunts are mostly done by rich people and nobility yeah. the 15th century i can't imagine they'd put up with that and i actually know a tiny little bit about this um my brother-in-law has a farm in north florida and uh it's apparently somewhere near ted turner has a big plantation or something there this huge thing and he and his little group do fox hunts and so they have to get permission from my brother-in-law to run through hunt foxes through their through their land thing it's it's part of a whole thing so (laughs) it's it's i was um, utterly amazed that like this is happening over here in the colonies you know it i I don't did they actually import foxes i i think i've seen like one fox in the wild in mississippi like in my life but you know i i don't know Maybe yeah. uh, North Florida is a hotbed of foxes, but yeah. Looks like there'll be, uh, you'll have cavalry in this, and uh, dogs, and saboteurs, and foxes. So um, it looks to be a 3D game that you play. I don't know. To me, it seems like this would be better as a board game, or like, you know, may, like a hex encounter <clears throat> game, maybe. And maybe there are a bunch of those out there. I'll look it up. Look, Liam, the playtester, said this was fast, fun, and a bit tense at the end. So, there you go. Liam, Liam knows what he's talking about. There you go. So, the uh, last, moving uh, on. It's part of the description says it is loads of fun, I promise. He promises. So We're going to be interviewing Liam this week, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> get, get, it, get him on the show. <laughs> we have to talk about that. Uh, all right, so now we hit our Dice Tower Con section. Have you guys, like, you know, got on there? Have you booked anything or I looked anything? at it, but that's it. So I'm actually bringing my daughter with me. Um, my, my 18-year-old daughter's coming with me, and we're going to try to figure out what we want to do together. You know, she she wants to play some games, and she wants to look around, but she probably doesn't want to spend you know, 18 hours a day for five days there. So we're going to look at the schedule, decide what we want to do and see what, what we want to schedule and what we just want to sort of play by ear. Dad, I don't want to meet your weird friends from the internet. That's all right. She's got a stun gun. (laughs) Um, yeah, I, you know, I, I'm pretty sure I'm going to take the fourth off, um, and spend time with my, my brother and his family. They do like kind of a big thing, so I don't think I'll be there for that day. Or if I am, it, it would be in the morning or something, uh, not the afternoon. But um, I've booked a couple of games, and look, one of the, the greatest thing ever, I, I continually say, is uh, the virtual flea market. You know, I keep 
hopping on there and tossing out low low ball bids and people keep accepting them so <laughs> uh the late my latest round of stuff i got was uh, earth reborn which is something that has been on my playlist for a while it's uh it i just like the components for it and the art direction it has a decent rating i don't know who uh christopher bollinger is as a designer but um, he's done a bunch of stuff, including Archipelago. But, um, yeah, it's just been on my list for a long time. And uh, he did Dungeon Twister, too. So I got that. And uh, one thing I was really, really excited to get, because I, really <clears throat> I really want to show the kids this, and not only do that, do some YouTube stuff with it, <clears throat> a copy of Nightmare 2 and Nightmare 3. Now, I owned Nightmare, the the original, like in grade school, and it was a lot of fun. You don't, does it really have a lot of replay value? Because um, it does kind of rely on jump scares and, and stuff like that. But if you're introducing new people to it, it it's pretty funny uh, to see them jump. And it is a VHS game. <laughs> well, good luck and playing I, it. Yeah, I, well, I have a couple of VCRs, uh, or I'm sorry, VHS players. And um, so yeah, I, I'm I'm excited to see, and I've been assured that the the tapes play and stuff. So you know, I think it'll be fun. So you already picked we, up, you already bought all those things, and you're going to pick them up in Florida. Yes. Well, okay. actually, yeah, I have to pay. I have to pay for them there. And uh, the last thing I have is the Siege of Verdan, which I thought was a ridiculous name because it sounds like you know it's like a reenactment of the siege of verdun in louisiana the siege of verdun you know it's it's at a trailer park so it did cause me to click on it and it actually seems like a pretty cool uh war game i got it like super freaking cheap and uh it's a military strategy game with aspects of area control diplomacy resource management and combat each player is attempting to eliminate the other players by attacking their rulers and capital. I really liked the components and the art direction, too, of it. So, uh, apparently it was a Kickstarter at some point, and, um, yeah, and it just looks neat. So, for what I paid for it, I'm reasonably sure I can uh, try to play it once, and if I don't like it, I can easily get my money back. Not to mention, uh, the only one sitting on the geek market, one of them is $99, and the other one is $500. (laughs) Uh, Oh, sorry, that is for the collector's edition in a handmade wooden box and handmade pieces. So, I didn't get that version, to say the least. It would be funny, though, if if it showed up and he was like, oh yeah, here you go. And it's, yeah, just hand me that. And uh, oh, the other one for a hundred bucks is the Kickstarter edition with the uh, the wooden box, with still a sealed letter of authenticity. So no, I got the the regular uh, crappy version apparently for like ten bucks. So. You can make one of those. I know, right? Letter of authenticity, sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought you meant the box. <laughs> You're worried to make me make me the box. All right. Um. So, Rich, tell me about Hurtgen Hills Forest. Yeah, so this is a game um, that I picked up just uh, last week or the week before. I bought it off BGG, but it's a it's a GOSS game, Grand Operational Simulation Series, which basically means super, super heavy, lots of counters. 
Um, the, the game that I talked about earlier that they played for five days straight called Atlantic Wall, this is in the same system as that. But this is the smallest game in that series. This one only has two maps, which means I actually can put it on a table in my house and actually play the game. The one that was the size of two of my dining room tables would, would never get played as much as I want to. So I did pick this one up. I've opened it up and looked at it. I haven't even punched it or read the rules yet. But this is probably going to be my my next big project is Hurtkin Hell's Forest. And if you're not familiar with the battle, it's basically right before the Battle of the Bulge. It's the U.S.'s first uh, entry into Germany um, in World War II, right before Germany started their pushback that started the Battle of the Bulge. Okay. And then also, I just in the, received in the mail yesterday, ASL Starter Kit 4, Pacific Theater of Operations. So I'm I super psyched about that. Um, I've been waiting for that one for a long time, and I'm excited to get that open and see, uh, you know, what how much a PTO because there are little things that can they can put in, just like obviously the units and the terrain and stuff like that. But I want to see if they've got bonsai charges and stuff like that too. So haven't played it yet, but I'll I'll be breaking that one out sometime soon. Now, Rich, my question is. Um... I noticed it is almost double the price of the other starter kits, and I'm just yeah. wondering, like, why? Um, the, the only thing I can tell you is probably just because people will pay for it, you know? Well, it doesn't I mean, seem like it has, like, more... So from, more... from opening up, no, it has, like, no more components or anything else than the other starter kits does, so I have no idea why it costs twice as much. Really? Okay, yeah. that's kind of crappy. Yeah. And I will say, you know, with all this tariff business, and if you follow us on Twitter, there was a great back and forth with some game company folks after I opened my mouth about it. Uh, so you can get schooled that way. And um, anyway, a lot of people noted that uh, MMP is a U.S. company. And stuff, it, it apparently is printed in the U.S. So you shouldn't have to worry about tariffs with them. Yeah. I did get an email because I've got an, an outstanding Kickstarter. It's already closed, but hasn't shipped yet from Lock and Load for a, a 1985 European war game called, uh, what's it called, Storming the Gap. And they sent an email to all their backers a week or two ago saying, hey, yes, we know about this tariff issue. We are going to eat the cost of that. You guys are not going to have to pay anything more than what you already pledged. So good on them. I thought that was pretty cool. That sounds really, really nice. Yeah, Bee Lives Matter is the only one I think I had to worry about. And then he said it it's already gone. It's already left China, apparently. So, you know, there, we don't have to worry about that. But anyway, the other thing is, like, try, having to see people explain, like, does anybody know why this has happened? Why has this happened? You know? And people are like, well, that would be the person running our now, country. If, if you are on Twitter... How could you not know? <laughs> I mean, you don't you don't have to follow political people to see people talking about political issues, but that's a whole different subject. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. You know, it's so in and in non gaming news, what what's really on my radar right now is that the St. Louis Blues are one game away from going to the Stanley Cup Finals. So I'm super pumped about that because. I was born in 1973, and the last time the Blues were in the finals was 1970. So I may actually see it in my lifetime. And so, as soon as we get off this podcast tonight, I'm going to watch the last episode ever of the Game of Thrones. All right, all right. Okay, put a pin in that. We'll come back to that. <laughs> Just one, one second. 
Uh, who else is in uh, for Stanley Cup contention? Boston is already in, so they're they're a done deal. Uh, the winner of the St. Louis San Jose series is going to play against Boston, and St. Louis is up three games to two, coming back to St. Louis Tuesday night. So my my Hurricanes got put out. The Hurricanes failed to win a game against Boston. So wah, wah, wah. yeah. Oh well. <laughs> All right, yeah, so I was going to, yeah, if you didn't put it on here, I was going to try to touch on it at the end of the show. Um, the, the I was going to ask, like, how many episodes are, are left of Game of Thrones? Tonight is the last one. Okay. It's actually, yeah, cause, as we're recording, it's airing right now, so I'll stay off Twitter. Because, like, I, you know, I, I follow the show in popular culture, I which means I essentially... Um, I follow outrage when I see people <laughs> yeah. angry about something. I go and read why, and so that's it. I mean, I would love to do like a Game of Thrones episode of the podcast where I attempt to describe the show and what has happened based on simply reading news articles <laughs> that over, over the yeah. years. You know, so now, I heard there's yeah. Oh, a lot of people are upset about how this has gone on, right? Right. They're upset about so, the way the last season has gone. Okay. Oh, oh my gosh! Yeah, they there's like a um a uh, a, a petition with over a million yeah, signatures I saw for them to redo it. Petition. Oh come on! No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean, basically, um, I, I'm not going to say that it's terrible, but I I have been a little disappointed with some of the things that have happened this season. Um, but I'm not ranting and raving about it either. It's still enjoyable. It's still a visual spectacle, and it's still, you know, it's going to be the end of the story that we've been waiting for for a while. The quality of, I, I say the subtlety of the characters has gone downhill since they passed the point where George R. R. Martin was actually, has written the books. Once they got past what is already written, the characters became more caricatures and lost a lot of the subtlety that really makes the fans of the books love the books so much. So that's my take on it. And now I, I will say one of the things I'm completely and utterly fascinated by are people's reactions to the final season slash episode of really popular shows. Sure. And generally, they're negative. And I think it all started with Battlestar Galactica yeah. and Lost. Lost, and it Sopranos kinda, is another one. Yeah, the Sopranos, yeah. But people liked The Shield. It ended well. Oh, uh, people yeah. liked uh, Breaking Bad. They yep. really liked how it ended. But yeah, 90% of the time, it seems like it, it's negative. It's It'll be a negative uh reaction to the season it will be a negative um uh reaction to the uh the final episode and yeah so there you go a lot of us uh, are in the moment too where people are getting a new heart <laughs> new heart yeah that's another one that was awesome yeah where the whole I, thing was, I can't remember that the one. whole thing took place in a snow globe <laughs> Oh, which was a take on the f- uh, the finale of uh, Saint Elsewhere. Yeah, well, yeah. New Heart. He woke up in bed with Suzanne Plachette. Oh, that's and right. That's the craziest dream. Okay, that's a take on like the second to last season of Dallas. And <laughs> man, I know a whole uh, lot about shows. That I guess, I've never yeah, watched. but I mean, he, 
So he woke up in, in bed with the wife of the previous show that he was on when he was the psychiatrist. Oh, okay. okay. When he was Frazier? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm okay. I'm going to be very curious to read and I uh, guess just read my social media feed tomorrow morning. Oh, yeah, another thing people complain about is how nice and kind people were with in-game spoilers. Yeah. But people people have no respect for Game of Thrones. Yeah, apparently. and that's I actually thought about that too because I think it, it, the fact of the matter is anyone that wants well, I mean not anyone, people have work and they're out of town and have things to do, but anyone that wants to watch the end of it tonight can watch it. Whereas with Endgame, you've got to go to the theater and get tickets and everything. So that's yeah. the only thing I can see, but. Yeah, I mean, obviously, when I go to work tomorrow, I'm going to ask my coworkers, you know, did you see it? And if they say no, I'm not going to go, oh, well, guess what happened? <laughs> yeah, it's and, and again, it's like I don't watch Game of Thrones, but I'm not a dick about it. <laughs> no, see, what you have to do is you have to go on Twitter tomorrow and say, am I the only one that doesn't watch Game of Thrones? <laughs> yeah. My uh, my last thing I posted, I think on Facebook, I was like sentence redacted, and then I started, you know, then I then I said the thing about um, you know, just being interested in the end of TV seasons and stuff like that. Yeah. So yeah, it's like I don't I don't say that. I'm, yeah. Anyway, I don't watch it, but I certainly like read Wikipedia and all that stuff because the the last episode featured a couple of character deaths. I didn't know that at the time. I just remembered people were angry. Yeah. And then you start seeing stuff like, well, see, read actress or actor's reaction to what happened to their character on Bliss. And I'm like, okay, so what happened? So I go to Wikipedia and I read the thing on what happened. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. That's what people were complaining about. I did that so. with How I Met Your Mother. I watched the first season of that, and it just didn't really catch me that much. But then when the show finally ended, I watched the last episode just to see who the mom was. Uh, yeah, that was – oh, yeah, that – oh, gosh, that was another one that people were very, very oh, angry yeah. <laughs> about the last season. Yeah. And, the, and then the last episode. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I forgot about that. I quit watching it probably three or four seasons in. And, uh, I mean, it was good. It, it was good. It was well acted. It was funny. But uh, I just kind of just got out of it. Yeah. And, um, yeah, people thought it ended dumb. Anyway, so you, you tune in to this for television. So, um, yeah, and then you have STL Wargamers next Saturday, right? Next Saturday. I'm not sure what we're going to play yet. Depends on how many people were coming. But um, I think Maria might be on the agenda again. You can play Keep Away with Adam Shirt. I don't know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so in all the puppets that I'm going to bring to Dice Tower Con, the, the one I posted on Twitter that I actually have, if I could get like a little t-shirt that would fit that guy, I would um, write a, uh, do a um, my own ASL thing in like Sharpie or something yeah. on on it do my own version of the logo and yeah have him wear that draw or t- i may just do draw t34 on the back no one will know the difference i may do that with like just a regular t-shirt i could do that like just try to paint the logo on there and it would be like a t-shirt like two sizes too small and just just wear that in the thing where's the war game <laughs> anyway uh so moving on uh i think the first thing i had in news it's already expired that was holland spiel uh was selling uh canvas maps of uh, some different games they had but that has expired so i'll take that off there 
But the next thing we had was the aforementioned toys, board games, and dice are included in the proposed tariffs in the upcoming trade war between China and the U.S. So you could gamify this. Make a um, make a board game about this. Which reminds me, I thought a good idea would be um, given uh, Stonemaier Games' is, you know, issues is uh, you could gamify that, which was uh, publishing board games, you know. And oops, I pissed off this guy. And what happened? He's gone to Twitter. <laughs> or it wasn't Twitter, it was Facebook or something. So that's another thing you could do. You could do a, uh, you could gamify doing a podcast. Like, how do you grow your audience? Or, you know, uh, you had, do you get, you get co-hosts? Oh, they're not, you know, they're not good. So let me, let me roll again and see if I get, I got, I got one good one, one bad one, you know, or, and then like, okay, your internet gets cut off, you know? Yeah, you could do something like that. You could gamify that. Sounds like you're talking Rich about Collins Sims now. Rich is it the good be one. Kinda like the, would, would be kind of like the Sims. Um... So, yeah, with this, I, I'm not surprised this has happened. You know, I guess, apparently a lot of people were. They were like, oh my gosh, my niche hobby will be affected? I'm like, mm, yeah, it will. Um, I'm curious to see stuff like uh, Magic the Gathering. Is, is there stuff printed in China, or is it still printed like in Belgium or wherever? Because I know no they have that thing now. I know now, you know, they have no set MSRP. Stores can set, set it to whatever, so... You could see an increase with that, but uh, I don't know. Essentially, what um, Matt Shoemaker uh, said on Twitter about it was like the 20% increase. He talked about uh, board games being a landed cost. So if a board game was like 10 bucks is the landed cost, you would do your MSRP at like five times that. So your MSRP would be 50 so 20% added to your landed cost makes it 12 bucks. So it ends up being like 65 or something like that. So it is a pretty bigger, you know, increase. Yeah. Yeah, I think, and, and I've seen other people post this as well, but if it's 25% on the cost of production, not, you know, the cost of everything is not going to go up 25%. So, but yeah, it's going to hit people and, you know, I'm not I'm not an economist, but the people making these decisions may not be economists either. Um, I mean, one of two things are going to happen. People are just going to pay the extra cost, and that's that cost is going to come from American consumers. It's not going to hit anyone overseas because we're just going to pay the extra. Or publishers are going to start moving publishing to the U.S., which is obviously the goal of the tariff in the first place. So. That is true, and then uh, I don't know. It's you end up. A lot of smaller companies are scared. You know, like, well, I can't print this many, and you know, I don't know. It's I will say, like, in asking board gaming companies for giveaways and stuff like that. You know, small companies are always nice and friendly. They'll come on the show. They'll bend over backwards to answer whatever question you got, but they really can't afford. You know to do much yeah or you know to giveaways or or whatever and bigger companies can but they're in in my sense in giveaways stuff they're looking for bigger exposure you know it's it's not going to help you to give away something on chance of gaming versus well let me send a review copy to dice tower right you know so 
Well, maybe Blue Panther will come out ahead because I know they're they publish right there in California. Yeah, that is true. They could they could get more business. Yeah, they cert they certainly could. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I guess people are more plugged in and and know where to find manufacturing in the U.S. But I yeah, I don't know. I guess it'll probably get worse before it gets better. So we'll see. Um. The next thing we had, there's a Rick and Morty D&D game. Of course. A tabletop game. <laughs> you know, I'm not surprised because it, honestly, it really is. It seems like, isn't it Hasbro that owns D&D? Yeah. That, yep. that has Wizards? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. It seems like they, and they own Magic, too. You know, they just seem to kind of ring, ring it dry. You know, <laughs> let me get all the stuff out that we can. Because uh, they did the, um... The Stranger Things one, you know. Yeah. And so they're like, "Wow, those people love that Rick and Morty thing. So let's let's do let's do something with that, you know." So there's apparently going to be a tabletop adventure game, which is an intro that gets you into D and D, and there's some D and D comics that are coming back this fall. So, yeah, there you go. I don't know. And apparently, uh, Rick and Morty is actually coming back this fall as well. Mm. I'm not like a huge fan because some their huge fans scare me a little bit um but yeah so anyway she weren't standing in line at mcdonald's for szechuan sauce uh actually (laughs) actually uh to be honest (laughs) richard yes i did my my co-worker was my co-worker two of my co-workers were were there that day It, it was it, okay. It was a weird thing. It was like we were out. It was like my wife and my kid. We were out doing something on the day, and I was like, "Hey, you know what? There's a um, like a McDonald's right down there. They're doing this little sauce thing giveaway. I, I I saw on the internet. Let's go down there and see what it was." And it was interesting to say the least. You walked in and you immediately knew who the Rick and Morty fans <laughs> were over there. And uh, so I just walked right up to them without saying, are you here for it? And just said, hey, uh, are they have they given out the sauce or whatever yet? And, you know, and so, yeah, it was just interesting. That was a really bad day when um, that's when uh, store manager, because they got like five sauces per store right. or something like that. And store managers were keeping them and flipping them on eBay and whatnot. Yeah. So when the the Szechuan sauce finally came out, I tried it and it's not that great. So it was too salty. I don't know. Anyway, moving on is tabletop gaming goes virtual with HR Games Core Infernal Machines, and I put this on here because I am a huge, huge fan of the Core, and I'm very excited that this is coming to the PlayStation VR because the only other Core video game is a VR game based on Steam. And um, I interviewed uh, Joshua, the guy from uh, Zombie Smith, and um, a couple of lifetimes ago on another show, and uh, I just love his story about it, uh, his history. He's been drawing these guys, and he's came up with this world, you know, since he was a kid. I mean, honestly, they look like turkeys, kind of, with uh, like turkeys that have been with no feathers and a stretched neck, and that's like how he drew them as a kid. So when he got older, he sculpted that, and there you go. There is, basically the storyline is there is like a royalty uh, and kind of a rebellion against the royalty. 
in it, and it's kind of uh, World War One ish kind of uh, steampunk almost. They have more tractor type tanks than stuff. Anyway, I dig it. I have them in twenty eight. I have them in fifteen. I just collect them, and I keep meaning to find a rule set, which he makes their own rule set with them. I keep meaning to play a game with them, but I never do. So, uh, yeah, the the game on Steam is Battle for Gate 18. You have to search for that, because if you search for Core, you won't find it. So, um, yeah, I just dig the little weird-looking guys. And you can go to, like, zombiesmith.com. He's, he's a sculptor, and uh, he's done lines for other stuff, and he has other people sculpting lines for his stuff as well. And it's just, I don't know, it's just neat. And I have a big pile of it that I should work on getting painted. Anyway. Uh, the next thing we had, I thought Roy might get a kick out of, and it's Pony Bowl Fantasy Football Team Up on Kickstarter. So is this going to be like Blood Bowl? I would assume. Okay. Only, you know, you're. it's probably touch. It's probably not tackle where you can't do like a finishing move or, or anything. I would guess. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong. Um... The sculpts are really good. Uh, I don't know. Do they have the There's a guy with a chainsaw. Well, no. That's what I'm... It's it's not MLP. This is just generic ponies. Yeah. (laughs) And you see the guy with the uh, the hockey mask and the chainsaw? I don't know, Roy. They they make it bloody. I don't know. Um, Gosh, there was a company at uh, Gen Con that made figures that kind of looked like this, that were done really, really well. They were essentially kind of like pony style, and they were like wizards and stuff like that. And so I got some for the kids to see if they like want to role play or whatever with them. But, uh, yeah, this is a not American thing. I can't figure out. Oh, it's in Spain in spain and um the minimum is 64 euros and about 71 bucks you get uh four model uh, you get one team i think is what it looks like is there a rule yeah. set involved with this so that's what i'm reading it's it doesn't say it's hard to tell because a lot of the comments are in spanish so we're only get yeah. we're only seeing the stuff that's in English. I mean, we see the rest of it. We just don't understand it. Yeah, I, I'm assuming there are rules. Uh, Ponyball team for for fantasy football. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe these are just figures that you would use in Blood Bowl. Oh, I don't want my cute ponies to die in Blood Bowl. That would be terrible. Orcs killing them <clears throat> and eating them. That'd be awful. It's not sunshine and marshmallows, no sir. Anyway, mm. so I guess that brings us to the end of the show. Somebody got a, uh, a a trivia question and how that works. Did you want me to do it? Do you have? Yeah, sure. I don't know it. So there's a movie called How to Train Your Dragon, and the, there's a character in there, but in there by the name of Hiccup. He has a dragon. What is the name of his dragon? And if you take that Jim. the name of that dragon, and Enter it over there at alterdementia.com. You can be entered to win the Great Dragon from Fat Dragon Games. So, give it a shot. It's big, nice. Big, nice 3D printed model. You want it for your role-playing. It's important. You want it. Yep. So, all right. So, I guess it brings us to the end of the show. Yeah, we got to 
got a guy that's got to work on scheduling for Dice Tower Con. we got to figure out what we're going to do. When are we going to play games? Yeah. You know? When are we going to go out to eat? Have fun. You guys have met. I've never met you guys. So, you know, mm-hmm. be interesting. We're right. ghosting you. <laughs> yeah, I'll get there and then I'm just going to pretend not to know you. It's like, oh, we didn't make it. But I see you over there. No, that's not me. To- totally not me. So. Uh, so, yeah, wow. End of the show. Richard's back after his unsuccessful run with um, on another podcast. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. They they were trying me out. They didn't like me, so they said I'm, I'm back to, to back to this one. Back to the back come, to come slumming. <laughs> STL Wargamers this Saturday. Come visit me in St. Louis. Come play a game with me. So you got to take pictures and stuff because we want to see. Yeah, that. actually, see, that's one hundred percent right. I really do need to do that. I, I try to. Uh, I, I need to get get better about after action reports and stuff like that. I've I've have thought about starting up a YouTube channel with some some gameplays and stuff like that. Not because I think that I would be great at it or anything, but just because I really do think that that's a hole that some people do a good job with. But there's there's just more games out there that I think could benefit from having you can watch someone play it and learn the game that way yeah that is true yeah i i can never i could never do that but i could absolutely produce that yeah yeah so i, w- I would need to find someone that would do it and it's like you do your thing and i'm just gonna shoot this whole thing you know and we'll edit it and put it up there but uh yeah so, end of the show, and I'm going to edit this tomorrow and put this on up, and it'll be fun. So, good night, people. Let's go, Blues. Sing Gloria. <laughs>